Aljamain Sterling may very well be the most hated UFC champion ever. The fighter from New York won a couple of belts on the local circuit before rising up in the UFC rankings with four straight wins. But then he went 2-3 in his next five between 2016 and 2017 and during this time, he considered retiring from the sport. Luckily, he didn't because he ended up going on a five-fight win streak which led to a shot at the bantamweight championship against champion Piotr Jan. Despite Piotr looking good in this fight, he ended up connecting with an illegal knee that stop the action, thus making Aljamain the first person to win a UFC championship by disqualification. And because of this result, many do not give him the respect the champion usually receives. So why do people hate Aljamain Sterling? Hey guys, it's Keon and today I'm going to be talking about Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling. But in this video, I'm going to be calling him Aljo because I'm used to hearing that from his coaches Matt Serra and Ray Longo. With his next fight being a rematch against Piotr Jan, many are rooting for Aljo to lose. Which is wild because I don't think I've ever seen the UFC champion received this amount of hate. And as someone who's been a fan of Aljo's even before he won the belt, I have mixed feelings about the situation that he's in. So in this video, we will take a look at his MMA career to really understand why he receives so much hate. But first, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamaro podcast. And as always, the money goes to charity. Now let's get to it. Aljo began his MMA career on April 22nd, 2011 at the age of 21. He won a couple of belts on the local circuit in New Jersey before signing with the UFC. Aljo made his debut at UFC 170 against Cody Gibson. This fight was competitive as both men had moments on the feet and on the ground, but Aljo really began to take over near the end. After three rounds, he won by unanimous decision. Five months later, Aljo fought Hugo Viana. Hugo got out-wrestled for most of the fight and also had to defend submissions. This continued into round three before Aljo threw ground and pound that forced the ref to step in. Following this win, he fought Takeya Mizugaki. Aljo controlled the action in the clinch and on the ground for the entire fight. Mizugaki got taken down and ate shots from above, but did pretty well in defending the submissions. But that defense couldn't last in round 3 as Aljo locked up an arm triangle choke while off his back that forced a tap. 8 months later, he fought Johnny Eduardo. Aljo brought the fight down multiple times and also did some damage on the feet. In the second round, he secured a takedown and threw shots from above before locking up a guillotine that forced a tap. Despite being a rising prospect at 135, Aljo went on to lose his next two fights against Brian Caraway and Rafael Asuncao, both by split decision. This losing skid had him contemplate whether or not he should continue his MMA career. Luckily, he chose to come back, so in April of 2017, Aljo fought Augusto Mendez. Augusto had moments on the feet and on the ground with his submission attempts, but Aljo brought the fight down many times and did damage on top. He also connected with some nice shots on the feet. After three rounds, Aljo won by unanimous decision. At UFC 214, he fought former UFC bantamweight champion, Henan Barrao. After trading on the feet, Aljo threw a kick but fell to his back. Although he tried to wrap up Henan's leg, he was unable to and for the rest of the round, he attempted submissions off his back and avoided most of the shots from above. In round 2, Aljo became more aggressive on the feet with kicks, especially to the legs. He also brought the fight down, got a hold of Henan's back, attempted submissions, and threw shots from above. This output from Aljo also happened in round 3 as he continued to land the better shots on the feet. After 3 rounds, he won by unanimous decision. Five months later, Aljo fought former World Series of Fighting bantamweight champion Marlon Marais. Aljo got dropped early on the feet by punches. Although he survived and got back up, Marlon connected with a knee that knocked him out cold. Following this defeat, Aljo fought former Cage Warriors bantamweight champion Brett Johns. Brett was the one who was pressing forward on the feet for most of the fight, but Aljo landed the better shots, did damage in the clinch, secured takedowns, and threw ground and pound. After three rounds, he won by unanimous decision. At UFC 228, 
Aljo fought Cody Stamen. Both men traded on the feet, but most of the action took place on the ground. Although they both secured takedowns, it was Aljo who stayed busy with ground and pound and submission attempts. This led to him locking up a Sulaweb stretch in round 2 that forced Cody to tap. Five months later, Aljo fought Jimmy Rivera. This fight saw both men try to bring the other down, and although Jimmy found success, no significant damage was done. While trading on the feet, Aljo was looking good as he pressed forward more and connected with some nice punches and kicks. By the end, he won by unanimous decision. At UFC 238, Aljo fought Pedro Munoz. All the action took place on the feet. And although Pedro was the one who was pressing forward, he also ate a lot of shots in the process. Aljo was picking him apart on the feet for the entire fight. And after three rounds, he won by unanimous decision. At UFC 250, Aljo fought Corey Sandhagen. Aljo was aggressive from the start by pressing forward and attempting a takedown. Eventually, he got a hold of Corey's back and attempted a rear naked choke. And after some time, Aljo locked it up, which forced a tap. The fight lasted 88 seconds. This performance was enough for Aljo to fight for the title. So at UFC 259, he fought UFC bantamweight champion, Piotr Jan. Aljo looked good early as he landed some nice shots on the feet and also secured a takedown. But Piotr also connected with punches and kicks and brought the fight down multiple times. This continued after the first round and Aljo was definitely getting tired. He would press forward and connect with some shots, but Piotr would return even more. He was controlling the action and the fight seemed like it would end in his favor. But in round 2, Aljo shot for a takedown and got denied. He was a grounded opponent as one of his knees was on the ground, but Piotr still threw a knee to his head. Aljo fell back and the ref immediately stepped in and paused the action. He was given 5 minutes to recover, but even after that, he was still unable to continue. So by the end, Aljo won the fight by disqualification, making him the new UFC bantamweight champion. Of course, Aljo has faced a lot of criticism for this win. Many believe that he is not the real champion and that the decision should have been a no contest. Regardless of a technicality, he won the belt and his first title defense will go down at UFC 267 in an immediate rematch against Piotr Jan. But as short as his championship reign has been so far, it has been the subject of a lot of controversy. So after going 20-3 and in a career that saw him become the most disliked UFC champion of all time, why do people hate Aljamain Sterling? So as a fan of Aljo's, it really sucks to see where his career ended up. I did believe he would become a UFC champion early on, but I never thought he'd win the belt like this. No one thought anyone would win a belt in this fashion. This was the first time the championship was won by disqualification, so of course controversy was bound to occur. And that's a shame because it really made people forget how good Aljo is. His run to the title is one of the most underrated runs ever. The five opponents that he faced prior to fighting Piotr Jan had a combined record of 84 wins and 7 defeats. During this run, he displayed how much he has developed into an all-around fighter. He started off more as a grappler who would bring the fight down, throw ground and pound, and attempt submissions. And training under Matt Serra and Ray Longo must have made huge improvements to Aljo's jiu-jitsu. That rear naked choke against Corey Sandhagen was very impressive and displays how dangerous he is on the ground. But even on the feet, he has improved so much. As a bigger bantamweight, Aljo uses his size and reach to his advantage. He's very tactical with his attacks as he does well with pressing forward without exposing himself too much. He doesn't have one-punch knockout power, but he does know how to pick his opponent apart on the feet, especially with his kicks which he throws regularly in fights. And even when his opponent presses forward, he does well in staying composed by managing the pressure and attacking accordingly. This growth in his game really convinced me that Aljo was going to become a champion one day. But just because he had the skill, it didn't mean everyone liked him. Because even before the fight with Piotr Jan, Aljo was not really a fan favorite. That's why it took him a while to get a shot at the title. I thought after his win against Pedro Munoz, he was going to be next to fight for the championship. But the UFC gave him Corey Sanhagen instead, and 
even after that win, it wasn't guaranteed that Aljo would be next to challenge for the belt. Even though that fight with Corey Sanhagen was confirmed to be a title eliminator by UFC president Dana White. This situation is very similar to what UFC welterweight Leon Edwards is going through. Another very good fighter who doesn't have the personality outside of the cage to garner a following. He doesn't push the needle and that same narrative goes for Aljo. Which is a shame because he's now getting the most attention that he's ever had, but it's all for the wrong reasons. This DQ win which saw Aljo capture the title will go down as one of the most controversial moments in MMA history. And that's why I look back at UFC light heavyweight Anthony Smith and understand why he decided to continue fighting instead of taking the win by disqualification. In his fight with John Jones, he ate an illegal knee and could have very well taken home the championship that night. But he went on to fight till the end to lose by unanimous decision. Despite the result, he didn't regret the decision he made and because of it, he was respected by many. So of course, when Aljo took the DQ win, he was going to face backlash. But what made it worse were the acting accusations. Aljo was rolling and laying down in agony after he got hit with that knee, which led to many saying that he was playing it up in order to win by disqualification. But no one knows for sure if he was doing this because at the end of the day, that was a huge and unexpected knee that led to a concussion according to Aljo. He was definitely not in the right frame of mind to make the decision on whether or not he can continue. Which is why I put blame on the ref as he was the one who should have made the call. And then to put him in a post-fight interview for him to explain the situation was not the right thing to do. These moments alone made him look bad, but what he did afterwards made it worse. Photos and videos of him partying and parading the belt after the fight was not a good look. And then Aljo faced off with former UFC bantamweight champion, Henry Cejudo, insinuating that the two will be fighting next. Now I understand taking photos with the belt with friends and family because despite winning it in the matter that he did, Aljo was still the champion and worked hard to even fight for the title. But partying after getting concussed is hard to defend. And so was the face-off with Henry Cejudo as there is no doubt that Piotr Jan deserves an immediate rematch. He was definitely controlling the action throughout the fight and would have most likely won by unanimous decision with the way things were going. But he too deserves criticism for that illegal knee because it was so blatant and could have easily been avoided with a proper understanding of the rules. Regardless, he was winning, so when Aljo was talking about other matchups for his first title defense, that did not sit well with many. Plus, he was adamant that the fight was close before the stoppage. And as an Aljo fan, I can't agree with that. He looked good early on, but by the end of round 1, Piotr was taking over. Then he got surgery after this fight which further prolonged the rematch. I know that's not Aljo's fault, but it really wasn't helping his case. So with all this hate, he leaned into that and decided to become the villain by becoming more adamant of his championship status and more vocal about his rivalry with Piotr Jan. Which I think is the right move because people love to hate Aljo right now. He is not going to be likable as the fun-loving guy. He did that for years and got no recognition from it. But now as the bad guy, many people are talking about him despite most of that talk being negative. And regardless of the circumstances, his name will forever be in the books as UFC champion. The title of champion or former champion brings so many opportunities. And that includes championship money. These are all reasons why people believe Aljo made the right move in taking that disqualification win. And I agree because as much pride as Anthony Smith has in being the guy who continued fighting after an illegal shot, that doesn't help him financially. But the biggest benefit that Aljo has gotten from this entire situation is a second chance to fight Piotr Jan. He won a fight that looked very well on its way to be a defeat for him. And now that he's had time in the cage with Piotr, he has the opportunity to make changes for the second time around. And Aljo gets to do this right away without having to climb back up the rankings. The biggest thing that Aljo needs to improve on is his cardio. He was exhausted by the fourth round while Piotr looked fresh. If Aljo can maintain the same pace throughout five rounds, I can definitely see the second fight be more competitive. But Piotr 
is really good and I can see him improving from the first fight and reclaiming the championship. Regardless of the outcome, Aljo is at the top of a very deep 135 pound division, which is something many, including himself, wouldn't have believed back in 2017 when he was on the verge of retirement. That storyline of almost calling it a career to winning the belt is impressive in itself. And I hope for the rest of his career, Aljo continues to play as a villain because it will get him the attention that he needs. Because he has proven that he is an elite level bantamweight purely based on skill. But in the sport, that's not enough. And at the age of 32, time is definitely ticking for him. So with all the negativity that came with the decision to take the disqualification win, it brought him the belt and the most attention of his career. And in a sport where fighter pay is low, I think Aljamain Sterling made the right choice. My name is Keon and this is my take on Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's all for now, so I'll see you in my next one.